right, welcome back to Judging Bouncing Balls. Toby, how the heck are you? Ah, it's been good. It's been good. Got through the holidays, so New Year's Day night here. <laughs> Survived. I see. Uh, did you guys uh, do anything crazy for the New Year? We didn't do anything crazy. Stayed up as a family. We watched uh, a movie. And what did we watch? We watched the Packers. I mean, they won. That was great. And then we watched a movie afterwards. Did the whole thing and then sent the kids to bed. So nothing crazy. Just uh, a little, uh, you know, what do they call that? The, um, the the fake champagne or whatever. The kids, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We That's did, still did fun. They like that. Yeah, it was a good time. So how about you guys? Uh, we actually, Jackie's dad had niece had a new knee put in last Wednesday. So we actually drove up to their house and cooked dinner. Made them uh, steak and lobster, which was fantastic. Nice. And then That's awesome. we, came, we came back here, and I actually picked uh, – my daughter was working down at Titletown, so I didn't want her driving, so I went and picked her up at 1 a.m. That's exciting. I was exhausted. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Like, I didn't have a zero beard, nothing. And I, was, I thought I was getting pulled over because I was swerving because I was exhausted. And there were <laughs> cops everywhere, too. Everywhere. That's exciting. Well, good for you. Well, you didn't get caught, so. <laughs> didn't get caught, did my my civic duty as a dad, got her home safe, and then I went to bed. Good for you. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's been, we've had a, we've had an interesting wow. night of technology. We have really failed miserably, but hopefully the podcast went off well. We just did that with, uh, with Matt. And uh, yeah, so we've got, we're getting ready for school here, as you just mentioned, tomorrow. So couple things we wanted to chat about beforehand, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the interview with Matt and kind of go from there. But, man, lots happened since we last talked. It, well, it's been crazy. I've done two things that I've never done in my life. Um, the one is last Thursday I went to the University of Kimberly and watched a girls' varsity basketball game. Wow. Um, they beat up on Watertown Central or, I don't know, somebody. But – I did uh, speak to a couple of the players from our soccer program after, and I did inform them that I was rooting for them and only them. I did not root for, for, the, for the, yeah, for Kimberly at all. I wore a gray shirt. I wore a gray sweatshirt and I wore a gray jacket as neutral as one can be. Grout fit. Grout fit. <laughs> Pretty much denim Dan. <laughs> and then uh, today I even cheered for Michigan, which I've never Oof. cheered for Michigan in my life, but I can't stand Ohio State, Alabama, and Michigan. And so I blessed Michigan today with my cheering and got them. In wow. Yeah, well, they appreciate game. it. Yeah, and They should. They should. <laughs> my friends haven't texted me thank you, which is disappointing. Um, and then uh, play a little pickleball Oof. yesterday morning here in the in the community. I, I got invited. And uh, it was at 7 a.m. on New well, Year's Eve. Well, you're a legend. Wow. The best part was um, I get up at six, right? I'm like, all right, I got to stretch out. It's been a while since I've actively done anything. And I'm ready to leave the house about 20 after. And my wife stands up. She puts her hands on my shoulder and she said, don't F this up. These are people in our community. Motivation. Don't, don't look like a jackass. And I'm like, <laughs> so I had to give her hell. Played well. Played real well. Nice. That's awesome for me. For but it was fun. <laughs> Sweated. Hey, yeah. well, good work. Hey, you gotta love the uh, the confidence in the wife. You know, to to you know, I've had that 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 uh, pep talk from the wife before. <laughs> right. it's, it's a good one. 
So tomorrow, before she leaves for work, I'm going to tell her the same words and see how that goes for me. <laughs> Good luck. Tell me how the couch feels. <laughs> right? That is a one-way street in this house. Yeah. Oh, man. So anyways, Christmas was good. Christmas was good, you know, but you've had quite a bit of break. Yeah, we well, we had the, you know, I think it was 10 days, which is good. And we had, we, the Christmas was great. We had with the in-laws and uh, saw my parents over the break, which is great. So, yeah, no, everything was, you know, a nice little break. And, uh, it's a little hard to go back, but, you know, we have the rest of the, we only have two or three, two and a half weeks of semester left and then switch kids. So got to get it done. Got to go in there and grind. Now you had some interesting development on the Tampa front, right? A little, little bit. Uh, yeah, Sarah has decided to go down to Tampa, which is great. Um, so we'll see if I can talk her into joining you on a on, on the live stream. But yeah, she's going to head down. Uh, I thought it would be a, a good thing and uh, figure out a way to make it work. So she's going to head down uh, with them on Friday and then uh, through through Monday, obviously. So hopefully we'll... Wow. Better juju was Tara there. Still disappointed you're not coming because uh, I need I need Me help. Too. But if uh, Sarah would help out at least a half, maybe uh, spread her knowledge of the sport because she is a uh, she played right. I mean she's she automatically automatically better than us at, at everything we do because she's an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is true. So yeah, I I will see if I can get her to uh, to leave her comfy sidelines and uh, maybe join you. That'd be good. That would be great. Maybe try to keep it. Someone needs to ground me. I'm telling you, someone's got to ground me because it is a disaster. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, but you have, you like to you like to use your emotions for good things. <laughs> we'll call them good. We'll yeah. call them good. That's right. But uh, we had a really good guest. Now, it yes. was out of out of the comfort zone of normal sport. Uh, a lot oh, of yeah. rugby talk, um, but Matt Skinny, it was his nickname. Um, I don't remember being skinny, but that's okay. It's okay. He's always skinny in my heart. Um, right. But he, I played uh, college ball with Matt, and then he went on to be a big component of local rugby here in Green Bay and, and in the Northeast Wisconsin and still is. And Man, it was fun. It was an hour plus of just uh, talk about everything from singing songs to uh, what he's doing in the community today. And uh, it was and his son, actually, Iowa Central, uh, is playing rugby down there. So it's a JUCO school. Um, so it's interesting to see that that pattern of how his son got involved with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't say a lot during this, A, because of some of the technical difficulties, but also just because I, I was just interested in listening because I know nothing about rugby. If you're like me, I literally know zero. I would have... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys did actually talk. I shouldn't say would have. You guys talked about that and some of the different rules, which I didn't know you couldn't block in rugby. I didn't know that you couldn't uh, do a lot of different things. I knew it was great to teach people how to tackle, so I I knew that. Uh, but yeah, I learned a lot in the podcast, and Matt was a great listen. So we, I, I think you're gonna really enjoy listening to the upcoming show here and learn a lot. And you might laugh a little too. The initial beginning of the. Uh, <laughs> It's like two old friends getting back together. You guys are saying some crazy stuff. So, And there's a lot of stories, too. So uh, you're going to enjoy uh, some of the rugby stories, which I don't think many of them would fly today. I'm going to be honest. There's, there's, uh, we, kept the, we kept the lid on a lot of them just for that reason. Um, but, man, the songs bring back memories. Uh, 
talk a little bit about those that we lost. We've lost, you know, we've lost Funkmaster, Frog, Funkadelic, Mikey, Psycho, uh, Load. I mean, we talked about the nicknames and how, how they come about, which is interesting We need more nicknames. We do need more nicknames. The world needs more nicknames. Agreed. I agree. And I forgot, and, and Matt brings this up, but my buddy Jim and how he got pregame, um, which is one of the great nicknames of our rugby, UW-Milwaukee rugby is pregame. And he'll explain that, and it, it was great. I mean, I forgot yeah. all about it, and it brought brought a little warmth to my heart. Dang right. So yeah, I think I think you're really gonna enjoy this show. Uh, it's gonna be a good one, uh, and we're gonna try to bring on some guests here and stuff, and do New Year. We're gonna try to do some new some new stuff. Uh, we're also discussing uh, trying to get a store up where you guys can support for some cool stuff that you need to get for your kids anyway, and and hopefully there's more to come on that. So. Um, Obviously, if you're thinking about doing anything rugby in the Green Bay area, you got to reach out to Matt. We're going to get his contact information in the uh, the show notes. Uh, but yeah, anything else to add before we jump into the show? That's it. But enjoy it because it is it's, it's near and dear to me. And uh, but I am excited for 2024. Like you said, we've got some uh, some exciting guests. I think some some that really branch out of the Wisconsin land, more national yeah. uh, that we're digging into. So it'll be fun. We're gonna have to clean up our manner. Well, at least me, right? I'm gonna have to clean up my manners. Get my get my get my reporter hat on. We just need to get our tech working, dude. That's the problem. We we couldn't go to our show on Wednesday and our Thursday, and then tonight we was like like a disaster. My end, everybody, we just had issues. So, anyways, hopefully you can hear this and see it. So, yeah, I'm on my phone because my computer's somewhere. No idea. No, <laughs> no idea. idea. So we're gonna get this fixed. Dang it! And then we're gonna have an amazing year. <laughs> well, I look forward to it and uh, enjoy enjoy the uh, the episode. Uh, Back yes. in, in rugby. So, and we'll be exactly. back next week. And we'll Share with all your friends. And hit like for crying out loud. Not exactly. that hard. Yes. Hit the like Push. button. All right. <laughs> hey, how are we doing? <laughs> Welcome back. We had a week last week of uh, couldn't get through on connections. So, we're going to try it again. And then my computer completely froze up and uh, different things. But. We're back, welcoming Mac Etch, uh, Mr. Denmark, Denmark, Wisconsin, um, to the show. Matt, uh, I joined rugby back in 1994, and Matt was and Matt was yeah. standing there, and uh, he made me stay. He said I could not leave. They needed a uh, another handsome man to join, so <laughs> I took control and I played. Um, Matt, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Just uh, sorry I couldn't join you last week, but uh, we're a little preoccupied down in the sun. So, Yeah, I heard. Where were you? Uh, Cancun. <sighs> Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous that that my family has to see you in the sun, and so then they look at me and like, hey, Dad, nice. Nice job. Thanks well, for not going uh, anywhere. And again, they can blame my mother-in-law. She, uh, uh, she took uh, my whole family and my brother-in-law's, uh, her son's whole family, so uh, was it, it, I, I'm not a good dad. I'm just a follow-along uh, son-in-law. <laughs> That's a great nice. mother-in-law, let me tell you. If mine's yeah. listening, which she isn't, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but we're excited. Uh, we've had on everything from basketball, baseball, soccer, football, and now it's rugby's turn, which is great because that's, you know, as you know, dear to my heart. Um so we'll start over, like, back in the day when when you played. Now, what years did you play at UW-Milwaukee? 
I played from 90 to 95 because it takes everybody five years to, to get out of uh, 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 state school. Well, as my, my daughters yeah. would tell me that yeah, you should have had your master's dirty, but no, not quite. No, master's would have taken us another four. That's ridiculous. That's nine years. Yeah. I also took five years um, just to make sure that I was ready for the real world. Um, but now why back in the day, how did you get involved in rugby? Cause back then, right. We didn't have high school. We no. didn't have anything. We had a patch of grass down near Lake Michigan. That was about it. Yeah. Well, uh, my, my whole story, I uh, was walking to class, uh, back as a freshman, as I re did regularly, maybe got a little less regular later on in my collegiate <laughs> career, but, uh, and they had a, a booth and, I was a big guy, and uh, they said, hey, big guy, come on over. You want to play rugby? I said, no, I don't. And about the third time, I finally said, stop bothering me. I'll come to your meeting. And I uh, went to the meeting, and uh, after a few beverages with guys that you would know by the name of Mutt and uh, uh, Noodles and Mikey, uh, 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 I went home and called my parents and said, hey, I'm going to use your credit card tomorrow. I'm a rugby player now. i got to go buy some cleats, and, you know, and now 30 – uh, plus years later, I'm still at it. Still involved. Now, back in the day, they had great nicknames, right? I mean, because the nicknames have died, you know, through my era. And But, I mean, you had Mutt, you had Froggy. Um, yeah. Mikey was Mikey. Uh, yeah. You had Psycho was the coach. <laughs> um, you were skinny. Yeah, I still am. I've got five-year-olds calling me skinny. You know, I'm 52 years old, and, you know, they, they, they giggle and go, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's still my rugby nickname. I've got hundreds of kids all over northeastern Wisconsin that call me that. Now, how did you get your, like, I know how you got your nickname, obviously. I mean, thin oh, well, the wind. No, I, yeah, well, it, it, uh, it was, I was a big guy, lost a lot of weight working at UPS in college, as people do, and, uh, uh, they started calling me skinny, and then I said, hey, I'm too thin to play the position I'm playing a prop, and so I got to gain a little weight, and kind of got back out of control, and now I'm, you know, I'm back to skinny, but... Never back, never out of control, buddy, never yeah. out of control, um, but how did you get nicknames back in the day, because we kind of lost everything on the fact. Yeah, well, and, and we're still giving out nicknames, and it, it's stupid, uh, I mean, it, you can do something dumb, I mean, we got a kid in middle school, they nicknamed him Zeus, and I think it's just, he's a big guy that runs through people, so he's you know, like a god, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you know, you know riffing off of somebody's name, and you know, it, it rhymes, or uh, it, it's just um, one kid had long flowing locks and came back with a shaved head. So they started calling them lice. I mean, Hey, what else? Would... <laughs> <laughs> and that's stuck for, for two years. <laughs> and, and, uh, one kid uh, was a wrestler. I won't mention names to pr preserve the innocent, but he kept getting ringworm from uh, 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 wrestling and they started calling him worm. It didn't really stick, but they, they tried to make that one go. So, typically we're not always politically correct as you know some other sports and uh we we, we pick on people <laughs> so we have fun with well that. some of the you know back when i joined rugby at UW milwaukee and and i got to meet mutt and and froggy and that now we've the sad part is we've lost a couple yeah uh we lost froggy we've lost mikey yeah. we lost psycho yeah. um coach and i'm sure there were others along the way but uh Hey, we're getting good. old. Let's see, you got we gray are. hair, I've got gray hair. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've got it too. Now, we got out, right? You got out in 95. I got out somewhere in the 97s. um, And then you came back to the Green Bay area, Denmark, right? Or no, did you live in Green Bay at the time? I was in in Green Bay when we first got uh, back up here. And then you decided that you love the sport so much, you're going to take it to high school. Yeah, I, I, again, I loved it, and I, I wasn't quite ready to step up to be a head coach, I didn't think. I mean, I'm 24-ish years old, and uh, uh, but they, there was the second year of the high school programs up in the area, and they wanted to expand into Bayport. I said, yeah, I'll help out with that. And two weeks before the season, the guy that was going to be the head coach said, yeah, I can't do it. So, uh, hey, kid, you are now the head coach. Uh, so they handed me a set of jerseys and said, uh, yeah, go start a team. Uh, the two schools available would be Bayport and Pulaski. And I was new to the area. I had no idea that Bayport and Pulaski kind of don't always love each other. Um, so trying trying to uh, get uh, cross uh, you know, town rivals to uh, play together didn't pan out. Uh, uh, Pulaski never came over at that time. Uh, that waited for about another three years. Uh, but I, I went to my first practice, had one kid, but okay, this is not going to turn out all that well. Um, it was a snowy, cold, snowy day. One kid showed up. He said, I'll get more kids next time. And, uh, then the next time uh, we had almost a full practice because Fran Brunette, who was the 189 pound wrestling state champion that year told the underclassmen on the wrestling team, you will play rugby or else. And so I had a lot of kids that came out and, uh, uh, and then Toby, you came on what well, yeah, yeah, like year two, two or three. Yeah. Um, and, but um, actually I think you came on year two, year one, we didn't make state, but year two, when you, you started with us, I think we made state that year. We made state, you know, like two out of the first four years should have made it three out of four. Um, got a uh, bad beat, uh, uh, in a, in a game, uh, match and didn't quite uh, qualify for that one year. But, um, and now 30 years later, uh, the, the almost 30 years later, uh, the, the last three years we've been state champions two out of three years and runners up the other year. So um, we're still definitely very involved in, uh, and Bayport, Bayport was you know, our, our club back then. We've expanded now to the whole west side of Green Bay. Um, other sports have, cannibalized a little bit i mean lacrosse started up after we did and they you know i think actually toby doesn't want your kids play lacrosse now uh my oldest daughter did play last year yeah yeah, yeah. so uh again but lacrosse wasn't an option uh, just like we were a niche sport then uh so now uh, we we pull from multiple teams but uh this last year we were in state championship in pulaski you know again the the who was my uh, goal to have them working with us. Well, two years later, uh, Fran, who was my captain, decided to start a team with another guy, and um, they they started Pulaski, and they've had a huge run. Uh, they were runners up this year to us, so um, it was a, a all northeastern Wisconsin tournament this year. Wow, that's crazy! That's fantastic. But and, and then I mean, obviously, uh, for me, the 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 way we were able to win this year is uh, it's tough getting kids uh, to come out to sports. You guys are involved in, in soccer and other sports. Um, getting kids that, you know, 
have been in other sports from little on, they, they identify as soccer players or hockey players and getting them to try rugby in high school, it's not always easy. So we made the, the jump 10 years ago to start Green Bay Youth Rugby. So now we have flag uh, rugby from uh, K through eight. We've got middle school tackle for boys and girls, and we've got high school for boys and girls. So, um, and Pulaski has, they don't have flag, but they've got middle school boys and girls, high school boys and girls. Tapir has a middle school boys, high school boys, and then up and down the valley and uh, Milwaukee and Madison areas as well. As well as I was talking to Jeremy, Spash has a very, very solid girls high school team. Really? Yeah, yeah we, have, we do have a pretty nice team. Carrie have Diamond you had does. any more success getting into high schools? Um, remember we were trying to do it like the football coaches wanted nothing to do with us. Still don't. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. I had to move better Wi-Fi up here. But uh, um, so but how long did you play then? How long did you continue to play? I played for 20 years. So I played basically uh, from uh, 90 until 20. I, I stopped playing full-time late 90s. Uh, and my last time I put on the cleats, I think it was 2011. Um, and, you know, as somebody joked, it was the best eight minutes of my career. You know, I, I filled in for somebody, you know, they, they were desperate and I had my cleats, so I, I went in. But uh, it, it wasn't necessarily a planned thing, but I got to my 20-year mark that way. You still miss it? Uh Yes, my brain misses. Uh, my heart misses it. My brain doesn't. Uh, I, I watch right. my son play now in college, and I'm going, "Damn, that looks like it hurts." And you know, as a player, uh, you know, I was always downplaying. You know, it, it's rough and tumble, but it's not as bad as it looks on the sideline. But uh, again, as, as I watch these college kids that you know are thirty some plus years younger than I am, and it, it, it's a fast moving sport, and. Uh, and when done right, it's beautiful. When done wrong, it, it can be a little brutal. But, uh, I mean, that it doesn't take guys real long, uh, girls real long to figure out that, no, I don't lead with my head. I, I You know, technique is important. And the biggest thing is the ball is a lot faster than a person. So if you're, you're smart, you pass the ball, and you find the gap in their defense, and you run through it. You don't try to run through people. You run, th- run to the, through the gaps. You know, the best thing, because I've coached a lot of sports, the best part about coaching rugby is not one parent knew what was happening. So now, now one parent could ever come up to you after the game and say, you should have did a switch back there at the 30-minute mark, right? Nobody nobody knew. So it was fantastic. Uh, that's changed a little bit, but the, the majority of it is still that way. But now that, uh, again, the, last year with our state championship team, we had guys that had been playing together since sixth grade. Some of them playing flag together. They had been playing tackle since sixth grade, and many of them had been playing flag since third and fourth grade. So they've been playing together for eight years. So parents parents aren't dumb. They do pick up things over you know almost a decade of uh, watching their kids play. But yeah, we're, we're you know we always joke that we're where soccer was in the late seventies, early eighties. There that the people that are involved are passionate about it, but lots of other people don't know a damn thing. I don't know. Your passion is, is big, but soccer is really big. Like, yeah. big. Like, look at yeah. us morons. We're flying all over the country now. Well, yeah, and again, uh, the, their history, back when you were coaching, there wasn't opportunities like that. Or when we were in college, it was all about, you know, it was just a social thing for guys to do. But now um, we, we had uh, – 
the Badger Selects is uh, actually run by Fran Burnett out of Pulaski, and that's the state select side team. They go to Utah every year. They go to Florida, North Carolina. Uh, boys and girls have separate teams. Um, so there, there's opportunities for that. Uh, they We had to travel to uh, Illinois and, and Iowa as well uh, this last spring. Uh, so, I mean, there are definitely opportunities. It's not as mainstream as soccer, but uh, we also had um, uh, a couple of our kids just got back from, or they're on, some of them are on the way back from a camp in Arizona over Christmas. Uh, James Rose, who's a Bayport, you know, uh, go Pirates in your, your, your sweatshirt. Uh, he just got back from New Zealand. He was playing for the U18 national team two weeks ago. Uh, he was in Spain earlier uh, in the year. Uh, his sister uh, was in Ireland with uh, the IRA, which is the Eagle Impact Academy, uh, again, based out of Arizona. And half the kids that were on uh, the U18 boys national team play for them. So, I mean, it, there are definitely opportunities, and certain families and kids are making the most of them. That's crazy that, that it's that nationwide, which is fantastic, because it gives people the opportunity, like James, to, to get into the world. Um, we see a lot of hockey kids come out of here. You know, the, our neighbor's playing over in Czech Republic right now, I think, for crying out loud. Um, but now, how long did your – when did your son pick up the sport? Oh, well, uh, James, uh, James and he both started playing uh, – I think James was first grade. Jonah was second grade when we started the flight program in 2013. And uh, so, yeah, he's been playing uh, since second grade, so 10, 10 plus years. Uh, he, he was one of the first kids playing tackle. Uh, I was a dad. I kind of cheated um, and um, – had him playing tackle in sixth grade back then. It was seventh and eighth grade only, but uh, so he had another year experience. But he was a year older than most of the kids in his class. He's old for his, his grade. Uh, and now we've got fifth and sixth graders playing and seventh and eighth grade boys and sixth through eighth grade girls. So, um, but yeah, he's been playing 10 years and now uh, just finished his first year in college along with a couple of his teammates. And uh, we were blessed to have, uh, what, I think, five kids playing <coughs> collegiately. Um, from our, our our state championship team last year, and another four kids playing college football. So I mean, we had a very athletic team last year, the last three years. So what is the what is you know like basketball? They could start chatting. Colleges come in freshman year, they'll start talking AAU. Um, soccer is June nineteenth after your sophomore year. Um, what is the high school rugby recruiting process like? And there's two lanes because there are programs that are NCAA, and so they they're following typical NCAA rules. So whatever the and I, I'm not quite as familiar with that because that's not the path my son went down. Um, a lot of the a lot more of the girls programs are NCAA because Title Nine. I mean it, it it's it's a relatively inexpensive sport to 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 run if you already got a soccer pitch. Kidding uh, out a a club is not that difficult. You, you, you know jerseys short socks and some mouth guards and, and you got a club. Um, but uh, so college, uh, women's college teams uh, have a few more NCAA. Um, so they have to follow the same rules. So last couple of years, we've had this uh, rugby summit in, in Oshkosh and only the, the seniors could go in and talk to the recruiters that were coming in um, because just the way that the timing felt or felt, I'm sorry, juniors, only juniors and, and seniors could go in. Uh, whereas with the boys, many of the programs are still club sports um, and or 
they're club based and not under the NCAA umbrella. Um, so uh, with my son, uh, he's going to Iowa Central. Iowa Central pulls a lot of kids from uh, Northeast Wisconsin. One of their coaches is from Stevens Point area, actually, and um, he spends a lot of time up in Wisconsin and he interacts. So, uh, and it, it wasn't formal. I mean, so they, it's not like they're robbing the cradle and going after freshmen, but they're up watching matches. Um, and there's a few, uh, bigger schools like that, um, that kind of tie into the, the coaching networks up here. Um, and, uh, then a lot of the rest of it is, kids going off to these, the, uh, the batch of selects and, and, and some of these other camps and trying to be seen. Uh, so again, James going off and playing all over the world. He, he's got a few more, um, people talking to him than, uh, than a standard rugby kid in Wisconsin. But, uh, let me just, what, what division or is, is Iowa central? Is it, a? It, it, it's funny. They are a Division One rugby program, but it is a junior college slash technical school. Because my son's going off, he's getting his HVAC degree uh, because he wants to be in the trades, and so his other option was going to TC and uh, staying local. But we pushed him out of the nest a little bit to go uh, experience life and not just get, get into the workforce right away. Um, and he's got two of his uh, high school teammates that went with him, um, and, and and one of them is also going to trades. The other one is. You know, basically going for business so he's doing his under you know his gen eds and you know the first two years uh, more of the the junior college and then he's going to transfer into a four-year so um and and the problem for them is competitiveness they're freshmen and sophomores a couple third-year players that are coming back to finish up uh, a second you know associates or uh, one of their tech programs but most of the uh, most of their squad is freshmen and sophomore and they're playing against uh Everybody else in their league is a four-year school, so um, makes it a little bit more difficult competitive-wise. But uh, uh, they, they, they've they've done well, and uh, but there's other kids from uh, the Fond du Lac area playing because uh, University of Northern Illinois or Northern Iowa was top eight. I don't remember if they finished fourth or fifth um, in the Division Two. Uh, a couple of our, our, our girls are playing or from our high school uh, girls squad are playing in college. One went to Eau Claire. Eau Claire is back-to-back national championship. Uh, they were in Division Two. Um, the uh, and last year they, they they beat Marquette in the national championship. So uh, yeah, Wisconsin is a, a a powerhouse in in collegiate women's rugby. Uh, Platteville, you know, we we used to play the Platteville men. Um, and we, we could probably tell stories about that town in our time there, but, uh, we won't, uh, but the Platteville women, uh, they were runners up in small school, uh, nationally. So they were the second best small school in the nation. So uh, there's a lot of good rugby going on in Wisconsin. Well, just you were, I'll say it, that Marquette can pound sand, the whole college, the whole rugby team, boys and girls, they can all pound sand. Can't stand them. <laughs> Except for Chris Farley, but we never – did you ever play with Chris Farley? No. Uh, I played with guys that played against him, but he was there before – I think uh, 87, 88-ish is when he was there. So that was a couple years before me. It's my only regret. Love to yeah. play with Farley. But is rugby still – you know, when we played, when you dragged me around the state, you know, we went to towns and you played like you came in late Friday night, half fueled up on beer, right? 
in the back seat of someone's van. Like you didn't even know who was driving anymore. And then you stayed at you stayed at a let's say we went to Whitewater. We'd stay at one of the players' houses. We'd get up Saturday Saturday morning. We'd go play, and you'd try to beat the snot out of each other. And then after the game, they would have you to their bar, right? And it yep. didn't matter if you were eighteen or thirty. You go to the bar. Now it's back in the early '90s, folks. You don't yep. call the the cops, but. <laughs> Right, and then you'd party, and then you'd end up back at a player's house, and you'd get up Sunday and drive home. Yeah, it, it, um, rugby, you know, and you know, as a youth administrator, that is the the bane of my existence. Even though it was so fun for us when we were there, because um, the people that know anything about rugby, typically it involves a bar, some drunken idiot, and and either singing songs or dumping beer on somebody. Um, and we have to convince moms that, no, that's not what you're getting your kids in for. Or, or on the op- opposite thing, they think it's just a brutal sport where you're just there to pound the, the snot out of each other. Again, not the case. But um, it, especially at the collegiate level, um, it is still very um, – it can, can be social. They, there's still a meal. So even at Iowa Central, there, there's no alcohol, but there's always pizza afterwards for the opposing team because, again, that's the tradition of rugby where it's it's competition on the field and camaraderie off the field. So you try to mend those fences of the guys that you were trying to beat the snot out of, you know, because, again, it is a competitive sport and you're trying to impose your will. But um, afterwards, uh, some of my best friends, and, you know, other than probably the Marquette guys, because I have to agree with you that they weren't my friends, um, I have a lot of guys that I played against them for years, you know, 20 years in, you know, playing, you get to be good friends with guys after, you know, and you see them, you know, twice a year and you're, you know, you're going to their, their weddings and, you know, you're celebrating the birth of their kids. And then unfortunately, like you said, then uh, they start passing and you're, you're, you you go through the whole life. So, and I think that that's a, a, a big part about rugby that I love is the fact that it's not just, uh, hey, who was that idiot that I played against? I didn't like him. Now it's uh, you're, you. You have those lifelong connections. Well, even it, it was funny. Uh, mentioned being in Cancun last week, so my son um, met up with some people and he was talking and uh, asked, well, "Hey, where do you go to school? Iowa." Oh, my brother went to Iowa. Where in Iowa? Iowa Central. Oh, you play any sports? Yeah, I play rugby. And and uh, it was like, no, no, that's not possible. She called her brother over. He, he he graduated from Iowa Central last year, and he was you know uh, he was roommates with the this year's team captain, who's a buddy of my my, my son. So it, it's and it, we're in Cancun, Mexico, and uh, we're running into his former teammates. That I mean, he didn't know, but they became friends over the, the weekend because it. I mean, it, it was they had connections, and that to me that's rugby. Yeah, I will say I've had more fun meeting rugby players when we did our Southern tour. You had gotten out of school, but we did Emory, uh, South Florida, and then we skipped our last game, and we stayed in Daytona Beach for like four days. But, you know, if you meet a guy that played rugby, it's instant connection. It was instant, almost like in the job interview, if you said, hey, I played rugby, and the guy played, I mean, he pretty much canceled everybody else out, right? You were kind of in – and had just a lot of fun. Actually, I was on a boat uh, up in Door County this summer. I was standing in the water. We got invited. We're behind my friend's boat. And I'm standing with the two, The it was the eight man, the fly half, and the outside center from Eau Claire when we played them. And I, I haven't seen them in 
30 years and we're all sitting having a beer. It's just crazy how it comes around, how much fun it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, so, I mean, it, it's definitely different in that aspect where it's not just um, it, the camaraderie is, is different because it, it just carries over. And uh, we always joke that rugby is the biggest fraternity out there because, you know, if you're in, you're in and it doesn't matter where you go. Uh, we, we try to tell our high school kids, even if they're not going on scholarship someplace, you know, if you're going off to college, find that club because you will instantly have a, a, a family of people that uh, will understand you immediately. And, and you, you have a, a, a structure to, to, to move into versus going off to a new school and not having anybody. Uh, I, I agree. I think that it was, uh, that made my time at UW Milwaukee so much like just incredibly fun. I know I had a great time in school and I was going to have a great time in school, but it really kind of really facilitated my great time in school. <laughs> but back to your original point, uh, the game has changed. It has become more serious. The, the, it is the sport first um, versus, uh, you know, many times, you know, we joke that we were a social club that happened to play rugby, but or a beer drinking club in college that, you know, um, and, and again, I wouldn't change that back then, but for us to continue to grow and, you know, as, as I'm trying to convince moms to let the kids play rugby, that, that is not the sport anymore. Now it's the opportunities that our kids are getting, the, going off to college, um, scholarships uh, and the like, and, you know, U18 national team and uh, trips to Ireland and, and, and Spain and, um, and, and Really, back to the basics, because, again, you guys talk about youth sports. In my opinion, too many sports, and, again, at the higher level, my son was select side, and he, he did the travel, and that cost money. But I, so many you know, youth sports now, it's pay-to-play, in my opinion, and we try to make rugby, especially the flag program, available to anybody. Um, uh, you know, we, we, Obviously, we have costs to cover, and we charge fees, but... If somebody can't afford it, we'll figure out a way to find a sponsor and, and we'll support that uh, because I don't want kids to lose out on the ability to, well, one, have fun because, you know, our you know core values, fun is still one of them. But, you know, leadership, teamwork, um, you know, respect that has to come with that and, 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 and fighting for you know, the excellence to, to, to try to be better every day. And then last one we, we try to focus on is integrity. Do what you say you're going to do and follow through on it. I mean. And if we could follow through on those six core values, our goal is to turn out better kids, not just, you know, win, win the game today. Uh, and as, as you go higher up in our high school program, yeah, it, it's you have to earn your right on the field, and but um, and, and your playing time is not guaranteed. At the, the younger levels, our, our flag, it's equal. Everybody, we set the teams up equally. We don't have a first team and a second team. We, we split the teams up. We go to tournaments. Everybody plays, and... Even even our our, our tackle uh, middle school teams, um, yeah, you might get a little bit more playing time, but everybody's going to play, and you're going to get um, experience. Well, you know, uh, you remember Toby? We had guys that were coming out as freshmen that couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time, and by the time we were seniors, they were rock stars. Um, yep. And and too many sports, they're cutting people in sixth grade. It's like, how do you cut a sixth grader that hasn't hit puberty yet? You have no idea what they're going to turn into. And, and, and you turn them off because you don't give them any playing time at all. And we just don't believe that that's the right way. And we're, we're also not spoiled. We don't have thousands of kids that want to play. So we, we have to develop the ones that we have. And it's turned out really well for us. Yeah. You know, 
one thing that when you mentioned that you're, you know, I'm sure when you called your parents and I called mine and said, Hey, we're, I'm going for this. I'm going to play rugby, right? I need a mouth guard. I need a dollar 82 and I'm going to borrow some guys cleats that I've never met. And, uh, like you go and you watch violent collisions all over this God's green earth. But once you get into a middle of a rugby game, it's crazy how different the sport is, right? You don't lead with your, your head. You, you know, you don't try to snap the top of your head into some guy's sternum. Um, you, you learn how to tackle. You learn. And I think the most successful football teams, if I recall, Fran did very well with Pulaski back in the day on teaching kids how to tackle. Um, and football teams that in the nineties that embraced, embraced rugby had a lot of success on defense because they learned how to tackle without just spearing everybody. And that's one thing I've always tried to tell people that rugby <laughs> isn't violent. I mean, that's why you wear a mouth guard. Just that's it because you really now I've been in some on-field altercations where the mouth guard comes in handy from getting punched in the face 10 times. But <clears throat> I wore the mouth guard more going out after with Mikey than I had to wear during the game. Because you never knew what you were going to be in a back alley getting beat on by some guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We could devolve this into a tell Mikey stories all night long, but <laughs> right. um, yeah. But you're right, uh, and and I said it earlier. It looks a lot worse than it is, uh, and it's even hard for me to remember. Like I said, because I look at these young guys playing it, it's like they're going fast, and that's got to hurt. But again, I played for 20 years. I, I broke my nose twice, but. Yeah, lots of bumps and bruises. You definitely know you played the next day, but to your point, uh, we get football kids in. They don't hit with their head very often. I mean, the once or twice that they do it because that's what they they used to be taught. You know, technique is everything, and in, in rugby, there's a lot of typically more slow motion collisions than high speed collisions because you're taking a step or two and you're getting hit by somebody. So you're not always getting up to full speed. Not that it can't happen, but still, technique, you, you use your shoulder, not your head, and you wrap. You have to wrap. You can't spear people. Um, and that, that that makes those collisions that much safer. And, I mean, there have been studies done. Rugby is safer than football. Um, I mean, heck, soccer, you, you concussions with heading the ball. I mean, there's, there's you know, um, but and not to say that we haven't had kids get hurt. Kids can get hurt. Um, and that's the worst part of any sport. But, um, you know, my son went from wrestling um, to rugby to football. And honestly, of the and even I am biased, I'll be the first one to admit it, less injuries in, in rugby than in the other ones. I mean, football, you know, the helmet is a weapon. And people use it as a weapon. And, and, and the, especially in the limbs, it, you know, broken broken arms and, you know, everything else. Uh, and, and then, uh, and I love wrestling and it, it was great for my son, but, and he misses it, but that is brutal. I mean, that is physically one-on-one -on -one imposing your will and bending people's arms, ways and, and joints to get them to submit. Um, it's great, but don't tell me that it, it, it it's, you know, for the faint of heart because it, it's, in my personal opinion, it's worse than rugby. Um, but it's, it's great for you. I mean, the, 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 and I love rugby or wrestlers that come out and play rugby because, uh, their fitness is up. They, they, they can tackle because a single leg takedown or double, uh, two legged takedown, that's a tackle. I mean, they're, they're, that's what they're doing. So, mm -hmm. um, it, it's, and, and the mental toughness that comes out of wrestlers, it's amazing. And 
even our girls team now that uh, girls wrestling is coming up. Uh, we're seeing a lot of crossover between that, and it, it's it's great for us. Yeah, you know, and it's, when you start talking about like in football, it's all about like it's all about yardage, right? I need I need so many yards first down, and in, in rugby, it's just it, it just you play, and the game doesn't yeah. come down to that. So so bringing a guy into you and falling, not using his momentum, is a lot. You know, yeah. then trying to just constantly take people backwards. Um, you really learn that, you know, you learn it quick and you learn how to use your legs instead of your neck. And, uh, but man, it's just a sport. Plus you don't, nobody like how, how long did it take to learn the rules? Like the true, like I, I don't think I could ever serve a match. Like I couldn't go out there with a whistle. Cause I, I still don't know half the rules and I played for four to five years. Um, yeah, th- th- there are intricacy and they're not rules. They're laws. Um, so right. Yeah. Um, but the, the, and my, my biggest complaint, um, is the ever changing laws of the game because, you know, you, you know, uh, you know, for rugby people, you talk about some of the major things, the scrum is, is a big part. And Toby, you were in the middle of that. The scrum is basically useless these days because you, you can, um, for those of you that don't know rugby, that's when all the big guys come together. They put the ball between, and the stronger team pushes over. Well, back in the day, you had to put the ball in between the two groups. Now you can feed the ball basically back behind the, the second row of the scrum, and the offensive team hardly ever loses the ball. And to me, that defeats kind of the purpose of the scrum. Um, so, but... Yeah, the intricacies of the laws, uh, there are definitely, and this is, I mean, again, I've been around 30, 30, going on 30 years, 35 years. The rules still, uh, there are intricacies that, wait a minute, why'd they call that? And then you go back and you look, oh, that's why, you know, subsection B, part three, this is why, under this circumstance, on a day that ends in Y, this is what you got to do. But, um, for those non-rugby players out there, it's pretty basic. You take the ball, you run forward, you pass backwards, you, you score the ball uh, in, in the try zone, uh, and, and you you, have, you get a try, but you actually have to touch the ball down. So that's where the football term touchdown comes from. Uh, rugby evolved from soccer, and American football evolved from rugby. So the line of scrimmage comes from the word scrum. You know, touchdown comes from the actually touching the ball down in rugby into the, the try zone. Because back when it was first invented, you, that didn't count for anything, but it gave you an attempt to kick an extra point or a kick for points. Um, and, and now a try is worth five and a conversion is worth two, so you still get to the same seven that football has. Uh, three points for a penalty or, in, in uh, football terms, a field goal. Um, you can still drop kick um, for points from anywhere on the field and I'm not sure if rugby still or football still has that rule, but at one point you could still drop kick in football. Um, but again, because it evolved, um, the Grey Cup in Canada. If you go back far enough, that was a rugby championship. So um, it, there, there's little bits of rugby sprinkled in throughout football. Well, that's why it's so great. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to ask? Just on the fact that I, and I, I still go back to my first game. I threw the most amazing block in O'Connell. Came around the, like, and I just, bam, and I'm like, follow me, right? And then the whistle blows. And that's the weirdest trying to explain it to people, right? You run forward, pass backwards, and then you got to hustle backwards to get the ball again after you ran forward. Yeah. 
and 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 part of the, you know back to the safety. That's why there there aren't as many um, uncontrolled um, injuries in football. You can get hit anything. You got to keep your head on a swivel because anybody anywhere can get hit, you know, blocked or whatever else. There's no blocking in rugby, so the only person that theoretically can get hit is the one with the ball. So you should be prepared to get hit if you have the ball. Uh, everybody else, you have to get behind to support. Um, and But, yeah, to your point, getting out in front and blocking, yeah, that's a bit of a no-no and that's a penalty. But, uh, uh, you know, it, again, just like tackling with your head, you know, football guys learn that, you know, it doesn't take real long for most of us. Right, right. And the one thing I try, I try to bring to youth – female soccer is marking kids like if they come in hot right and take you out we used to get together on the field or the pitch and be like all right number 12 he's marked and then anytime number 12 gets on the ground i take my pretty little cleats and i run him down his back now that i don't know if that still goes today as we did in our uh, day i don't think it's as prevalent but do, do they know um who did what to whom and uh do they understand that and, and again the older you get, the more that that happens. So collegiate, I'm sure it's more prevalent. I mean, middle school, no, uh, that that's not a thing. Um, high school, some of the older players probably keep track, and do they figure out that there's only one referee on the field, and uh, you know there's 30 kids? Yeah, they they they, they figure that out. Um, and, and you know, some kids are known to be instigators because it's never the kid that um, irritates the guy that gets in trouble. It's the, the, the reciprocator that's the one that the referee typically sees because by that time somebody's making a noise and they have to look and then they see the, the second person. So there are definitely players that uh, uh, like to instigate things and they, they might speak, uh, uh, whisper sweet nothings in people's ears and you know, then suddenly the referee sees the, 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 the after effects of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, back in the day, yeah, there was definitely uh, – uh, I still remember this kid high tackled me like three times. And I say, kid, I was 30 years old uh, and he was probably 24, 25. And he high tackled me a couple of times. And then the, the next, he was at the bottom of the next rock and I put my boot on him and he came up to me after the game and said, look what somebody on your team did. And he had cleat marks on his chest. <laughs> um, and I said, yeah, don't high tackle people. And I was, you know, and I think you'll probably remember, I mean, I think I got Mr. Nice Guy Award one year because I, I wasn't that type of player. But So you right. had to do a lot to get to, under my skin. But uh, high, you do police your, uh, the opponents once in a while, and you figure out if somebody is a bad player or they're doing damage to people that they shouldn't be, you try to educate them and tell them not to do that. And that's what I really loved about the sport. I mean, we, we finished, I think, a Whitewater game at Milwaukee down by the lakeshore. And it was a full-out brawl. I mean, we were we were knuckles deep in each other's faces, and all of a sudden the ref called the game. Right? I don't know. I forget who won. Didn't matter. And we all we were like, "Where are we going?" And we're like, <laughs> "We're going to judges." And everybody went to the bar, and everybody took their cleats off, and we drank beer for the next thirteen hours. <laughs> and uh, we'll get to the songs because if you try <laughs> singing songs today, you're gonna go to jail. That's almost the uh, yeah that. That's a very, 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 very limited, and usually with only people that are even older than us. That's not really a Correct. thing anymore. No. Um, we did have a song breakout with some buddies the other day, and we kept it quiet just for the the people around us. It was very, but we used to sing to the high heavens, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it, was, oh, yeah. uh, it was an hour and a half of singing, and, and, and 
the way rugby songs work for people out there is somebody starts it and then there's different verses and there's different lines and like there's verses that you've never heard before and, and, and then if you screw up a song somebody hands you their cleat and they pour beer in their boot and then you have to pound a beer out of somebody's boot which Shoot is boot. just on their foot for two hours which was absolutely disgusting but you did it um yeah i just that's what, going, love what the hell is wrong with you guys <laughs> <laughs> Pretty that's amazing. what i loved about the sport right i love the i love the party i love the you know but i love the the wanting to, to get with my brothers and and and, and drink beer and and hoot and holler, and, and I know kids are different today. My kids are different today, right? They don't go sit in a cornfield and drink beer. You know, they they it's just not part of what they who they yeah. are and what they are. But man, I I would go back to those days in a heartbeat and sit at judges from from two o'clock in the afternoon till four a.m. when Mike Lee would kick us out, and then we'd drive around until something else happened at six a.m. It was fantastic. And, you know, and again, the bar owners like Mike Lee, God bless him, because, you know, now he sold the bar and that place is, it's an empty street corner now. But, um, yeah, that was my home for four years. And in fact, we were talking about that with some people that I uh, was at a family gathering yesterday and there were people from Milwaukee. And that that was part of our experience. And, and it, the, the fact is, it was a good business for uh, him because middle of the afternoon, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, nobody's there, in a college town. Nobody's at his bar anyway, so if we were singing songs, he didn't care because we weren't going to irritate anybody other than other rugby players. Um, but uh, yeah, this day and age, um, sometimes unfortunately, some of those songs I cringe at thinking about. Some of them were a lot of fun, but some of them were like, "Oh my goodness, what were we thinking?" Um, and and um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, some of my uh, well, again, you were the rugby queen. We won't go into any lyrics, but my my grand march, the, the Mikey led the grand march, and that was the rugby queen <laughs> song. But the words changed to sing nice things about my wife versus what they would have said about somebody else that was in that position. So, um, but I was scared because I knew the real words, and I was afraid that he or somebody else on the team would break out into you know a normal rugby song. I mean, they, it just, I don't know who came up with them, but in one of the verses that sticks with me, and I'll say it, and I'll go to hell. Oh, God. But that Jesus can't play rugby because he's got holes in his hands. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that that's by far not the worst lyric of anything that you could have brought up. So, yeah. Not yeah. even close, but when I, like, all of a sudden I'll be driving and something will hit the tune and I'll be like, Jesus, can't play real. And then all of a sudden I'm four verses deep by myself and I'm like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, some of the best friends I'll ever have were those guys on that UW, UWM squad. It doesn't matter. So, you know, 30 years later, I don't see them very often, but when I do, um, it's a, it's a good time. Did you did you work did you stay down there during the summer? Yeah. Of your later did you ever work at Corch moving? <laughs> yeah, I I I always had a full uh, I worked at UPS, you know, all throughout the year, but uh yeah, Mutt would get me up to, you know, I'd get home at 4 a.m., sleep until 6 and then he'd say, "Hey, we need an extra body today." So, uh, I was a, I was a fill-in guy, but yeah, I definitely had to move uh furniture a couple times with those guys. 
you know, it's funny because you didn't realize it at the time, right? You, you, when you were 18, 19 or 20, it didn't matter. You went, you went to judges. So you got acclimated there and you started to know Tony and all the guys, right? Austin, all the bartenders. And then you're like, okay, I'm hanging out at a bar. I'm underage. This is great. And then also in the summer, you're like, what do you mean I have a job? I didn't even know I, I wanted to work. And next thing you know, you're moving somebody's furniture on a Saturday for probably eight bucks an hour. And then you go and you, 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 we would take all the coupon books off of everybody's porches in our neighborhood because you could buy a 12 pack of, of paps for two ninety nine. And every day you drank a 12 pack of paps and then you'd get up and you'd feel terrible and then you'd sweat it out and then you'd go to practice and Tom psycho would come in and he would make you run and hate, hate, hate everybody. And you, that's what you did. It was fantastic. Yeah, so because that that you talked about that uh, brawl after the one match, that was must have been after my time because earlier in my career there was another one. But uh, with a guy by the name of Psycho being your coach, does it surprise you that you might have had some brawls with your your club? One of the greatest Tom stories, and I I miss Tom. I love talking to Tom. Tom passed uh, two years ago now, I think it was two, um, and I was sitting at Judge's Bar with him. And I forget who we, we played. And this was after your time. And it was Tom and, and this other guy. And this other guy was getting awfully mouthy. And Tom was like, didn't want to fight. And I could see Tom like, listen, I don't want to do this. But the guy kept going. And Tom said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you three punches. And if I'm still standing after three punches, you're dead to me. And Tom stood up. The guy hit him one, two, three. Tom looked at him. And I've never seen a guy turn and run so fast in my life. It was fantastic. I didn't even phase him. Like, didn't phase him. I am just wide-eyed. I'm probably 22 years old, scared out of my mind that the guy's going to punch me and I'm going to my face is going to shatter. But it was just Tom was a different man. Man, that guy loved rugby. Yeah, and not the typical accountant, that's for sure. <laughs> right. That was the best part, right? During the week, he was crunching numbers. And on the weekend, he was sleeping in the passenger side of his truck so they didn't arrest him for drinking and driving. Genius. Genius. But we've, we've had some good ones. I mean, yeah. do you no, still keep uh, in touch did with Did you ever meet Dick, oh. Dick Cummings? Yeah. He was my neighbor. So, <laughs> Down there. So Dick was, he was a 60-year-old college professor that when we were short players and before you got there, he would jump in with us. And, and so he, he's 60 years old and he's playing with 20, you know, 21, 22 year old kids. Um, but uh, he was our, um, I guess uh, on campus, he was the, the representative with the, the university to make sure that we were blessed and legal. So after your time, we had Jim Daly, um, ran for student president <laughs> and he got, he got like 30 votes. So he pre won, right? There's pre, pre That was one of the great nicknames for pregame. I, I, I was there that when that he got was... that because the house that we stayed at was uh, one of my best friend's brother's house. And it was at Stevens Point Arctic Fest and we were going to play at like eight o'clock. He must've got up at six o'clock and he was ready to go dressed, ready to play at 6 a.m. So from then on, he was pregame. <laughs> so he becomes student body president. We then go in front of the, the, the student council and we present to them that we need $5,000 because we're taking our rugby team to Savannah. 
for a tournament for the goodwill. Jim Daly rubber stamps that bad boy. We rented two minivans. We took 17 guys in two minivans, and we played the St. Paddy's Day tournament, which we were there for a whole week. Well, don't stop it was, now. It was, what's that? Well, you froze up for a second, so I didn't hear the rest oh. of that. So don't stop now. No. So we, we, we get the school to take us. We And I already told the story about Cole, how I showed Cole uh, a gravel pit coming out of Chicago, and I told him it was Grand Canyon. But that's for a different day. He took a lot of photos. But playing, <laughs> playing Savannah for a week, in our last game, we were like two and two. We spent St. Patty's Day down on River Street, partied all night. We are going to get up, and we're going to just drive home. And I am sleeping on the floor in a closet because we, we only had two rooms. I mean, we, we didn't, they gave that much money. And I look up, and in my worst nightmare, Tom Schmidt drove down, and he is like, get up. We're playing. And I'm like, nope, uh-uh, not doing it. Sure enough, we all went out there and played terrible. We played Eastern Tennessee, I think. It didn't matter. But those worse and like I'm like, where did you come from? He's like, I drove down, and I'm like, go home. <laughs> but that wasn't in his nature, so he made us play. I still blame him. Still blame him for that. Lucky I didn't die. One of my last because as I was leaving, we played at Art back at Arctic Fest, another Arctic Fest story, and it was like 30 below with the wind chill. He it was his first season coaching us, and I was captain. Um, and I was yelling at the end. It came, we ended in a tie. Came down to the, the kicks afterwards for the tiebreaker. And I'm yelling at my buddy, if you make those kicks and we have to play tomorrow, I'm going to kick your ass. Uh, because, you know, it was – I'm not kidding. It was like 30 below, and we were out there. And uh, and I just wanted to go back to – and, again, I was the senior, you know super senior that had been around forever and said, okay, I love rugby, but I, I don't want to play in 30 below weather. Uh, and he was mad at me because, damn it, if we're going to play, we're going to play to win, and we're going to play tomorrow. Uh, okay, that's why I'm getting out of school and going to play men's league, and you're going to keep coaching these guys because this this is not important. Uh, and uh, luckily he missed, and I didn't have to worry about it. But, yeah, I don't think Psycho ever forgave me for that. Did you play – Did was that was it on campus or was that at yeah, Rusty's? That was on campus, the last year of on campus. Yeah, I remember I was that was my first year at Arctic Fest, um, and then they kicked us all off campus yeah. to, to to Rusty. Do they still have Arctic Fest? No, it's been a few years, or more like a decade or at or more. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, which is a shame because that that was fun. But again, going back to the stories we told about the shenanigans, that yeah, that I I can understand why they don't have it anymore, especially that poor VFW building. Cause I think that was the year that your first year was the last year on campus and it was still at the VFW. And when the beer was coming from the, the first floor into the basement, they decided that they didn't want the rugby guys back. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Let the guys have their fun. You know, and then we went out to Rusty's and that was out oh. in the middle of nowhere. And then everybody drive downtown Stevens point And there were what, three bars downtown. Yeah. Buffies, I learned a lot about life down there. Bruisers. Buffies, yes. Yep. Bruiser's the dance club, Buffy's, and what was the other one? But Buffy's the one, with the, the one with the wooden picnic tables that yeah. were just, I mean, they were 7,000. You guys really picked the God. nice places. Yeah, except if too many people stood, <laughs> if too many people stood on the one side um, and they flipped up, uh, then you fell down. And I still remember a buddy of mine, because you know, it was all bottled beer, 
let's just say there was broken glass all over the floor. When that flipped up, he landed on uh, on some of it, and it, it it was not good having to find somebody to to pull the uh, the broken beer off his butt. <laughs> Well, because nobody could drive him to the hospital, that's for sure. Well, we weren't going to the hospital. It wasn't our time yet. Come on. Like, again, you, you're making me tell all these stories of how bad things were, and now nobody's going to want to try it you know, today. Again, oh, no, no, go back this, to your, your – this was the, the early 90s. Yeah, that's that's what made us – I mean, we used to recruit – we always judged Joe because we recruited from judges in the bar, <laughs> and then the good teams recruited from the weight room. You know, And then when I got out of school, even UW-Milwaukee switched gears – and they started to play high level. Oh, yeah. I mean, national champion tournaments. They were playing Notre Dame. They were playing, you know, Northwestern. We were playing anybody that was in like a three hour radius that we could make it to because our cars weren't great, right? I mean, so yeah, COVID yeah, hurt a little bit, but they yeah they uh, they were in the top twenty in the uh, division two for several years. Man, that's great. I'll take credit, and I think you should take some credit too. I mean, we kind of set the building blocks up so they could uh, go around them and do better. <laughs> Have you been down to a game? Uh, UWM, I went uh, – it's been a little while. They had the, the 50th this last year, and it wasn't – I mean, it was more getting some old boys together. Uh, not the 50th. They had the 40th, 83 to 20 – yeah, 83 to 23, uh, 40th. Um, the, and actually, so Mikey's been gone four years now. So the last time I went to a regular match was, uh, the fall season four years ago. Cause that's the last time I saw Mikey, my daughter was moving into UWM. His daughter was moving in. So we, we went and watched the match and, uh, then had a few drinks afterwards. But, uh, then, you know, Christmas, I mean, he had, we just hit the anniversary of his, his passing. Um, yeah. uh, so, again, uh, four years, but uh, so that that's the last time I was at a regular match, and I had a couple of kids uh, from my high school team that were playing uh, for them at that time. So it was a it, it was a good day, but uh, I've not been back. Uh, COVID, uh, and quite honestly, with my son playing, and then this last year between high school um, in the spring, high school girls in the fall, and, and my traveling, you know, when Iowa Central six and a half hours away, and you know, so it's six and a half one way for a home game. And we went to all of his matches this year. It, it, it was a, a long fall. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, you know, as we get, geez, and this is a problem with this podcast, right? We're an hour in. I mean, we can keep <laughs> keep rolling. It's, it's this is why I love doing it because it is just it's fun to chat. And uh, but you you've been a, a huge part of Green Bay men's rugby, the school rugby, and now you've gone and I so our soccer program is growing. I think we're a thousand plus kids. I mean, we have a really big, really big foundation, but we're, we're in the need of um, down the road of getting our own land and, and starting the process of that. So you've been involved in that. What has been the biggest hurdle in getting, I mean, besides, I mean, money is always the key, right? So you've raised, you said about half a million dollars. Yep. And you're looking for a million more. So if yeah, anybody's roughly. There, I mean, yeah. So, uh, the impetus to that, I mean, it's just like you guys, the growth. I mean, uh, when we went from having three high school teams in the area to now we have, like I talked about, all the flag teams, the the all the middle school teams from various uh, area t- uh, clubs, and then the, the multiple high school teams, uh, boys and girls, 
just space is is at a premium and we are not soccer so we don't have the same connections uh we've got some good relationships the village of bellevue has been good to us uh, with uh willow creek park uh howard you know uh barney williams park but mainly because nobody else wants it because it's it's low it's wet and you know it's, it's uh, unplayable at times um uh, we love it when the weather's good, but it's not always great in spring. So we, uh, Cottage Grove down in the Madison area, they, the Madison area rugby clubs came together uh, about 15 years ago, and they bought about eight acres in Cottage Grove next to a, a village park there. And they now have two full-size uh, rugby pitches, but the, the town also, or village, has a couple more soccer fields outside their area. They put up a roughly $2 million, $1.5 to $2 million clubhouse with locker rooms and changing and then a big uh, social area upstairs where they can hold banquets and uh, people can have weddings and uh, other things there. And then they have decks looking out on, on top of those fields. So we, we saw that and said, hey, we want to do something like that. And they've been great to work with because they're telling us, hey, here are the mistakes we made. So we, we started looking uh, probably five years ago, six years ago, um, for a community partner. So and th th that's worked real well for them. And we found the town of Lawrence, and Lawrence has been wonderful. Um, we are working with them. In fact, I, you know, when I get done with you guys, I had to finish reviewing uh, the, the purchase agreement uh, that uh, we, they've got the lot set out. It's, it's zoned. Um, all all the, the planning is done. Now we just have to get the purchase agreement finished and uh, write them a check for the first payment. Um, and you know, so, uh, and we're going to have a little over 10 acres right behind the town hall there. Um, and our, it's, it's kind of the same plan. We're going to have two fields of our own. Uh, the, 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 uh, town is looking to put up a couple other fields. Uh, sports emporium, um, is working on moving in next door to that. Uh, so they're going to have a new building. And, uh, so, and, and then ISA baseball softball is down the street from that. So, it's going to be a, a huge mecca for youth sports. And for me, uh, I'll take the cast off. So, you know, the, all the, the, uh, the baseball teams and the, the soccer teams that they got that one kid that's not quite the same as the rest of them that wants to play something else and we'll get them to play rugby because uh, they'll drive by us and we'll have that much more visibility. But, yeah, it, it is a process. So my recommendation would, would be to find that community that wants to work with you. We, you know, even though we're talking big money, that's still, uh, we're still going to be doing a lot of stuff on, you know, with partnerships and, and friends in the community that will help do, because uh, until I, I started doing the plan, I think, okay, the building's going to be the most expensive part. Moving dirt and getting irrigation, and that is expensive as heck, and that is the key to having good long-term fields. Uh, we aren't doing any artificial. I think you guys have had some conversations about artificial versus grass. Um, we can't for the initial cost of uh, artificial, not to mention, um, I think playing tackle on artificial with no pads and helmets is not a great long-term thing. It would be great for those spring practices where we can't get out on the fields or they're too wet, too too muddy, uh, but it, it, we, we would prefer to be playing on, on natural turf, and that's what we're going to be doing. Um, so uh, once we, we hope to be moving dirt this spring. And we're going to focus on the fields first before we even get to the concession stands and bathrooms and everything else. We are working with a uh, 
couple different. Uh, we've got a couple of big sponsors. The two fields do have naming rights sponsors already. The villages of companies on Pulaski um, uh, donated for the the primary field, and then Bernatello's Foods, uh, lots and lots of pizza out of the valley. Uh, they are naming rights on the secondary uh, pitch, and so uh, and they, they they've got yearly commitments for the next couple of years to help uh, help us with that. So that's going to go a long way to developing those fields, but we still have a lot of work to do to find those sponsors. And the next push will be after we get the land under contract, because we've been talking about it for so long before we go out and ask for more money. We wanted to show that it's real and we're going to have fields and, uh, and the land in our name. Yeah. It's hard to keep asking, right. If there's no growth. Right. Yeah. And then in our, we look at turf for anywhere from one to 1.2 million for a turf soccer pitch. Um, so, yeah, that, that throws – and I could see absolutely that rugby would be better. You know, it is better off on grass. There's no need for turf um, and to deal with that mess. So, um, but, but that's a great location. Yeah. No, and, and I mean, uh, there's still acres out there. So, I mean, go talk to them. I mean, uh, I'll put a pit in a pitch for that that that, uh, that town. They, they've been great to work with. And for us, there's a big rugby community in the Valley, too. So, um, we're as close to Bayport there as to Appleton North. So uh, we, we expect that there'll be some crossover and some potential use from, from the, the clubs in, in the Valley as well. Yeah, so we have a, because we have an, uh, right up um, Ballard at USA Shields Park is our Appleton campus. Then we have Southwest Park in De Pere, and then we've got a Howard campus. So yeah, that's kind of right where our thought process is too, uh, is directly in the center. But we're looking at 50 i don't even know 40 acres and then just have the ability to build on 10 and well wow. i was gonna yeah, win the that, lottery that, but i didn't it's, so it doesn't help well when you win the lottery don't forget about your 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 old friends and, and the rugby community <laughs> absolutely no so that's kind of our you know and that's kind of our we have to start a goal in our club and then i know you guys have had it out there for quite a while and that's why I really wanted to ask is, is how many years have it taken to get to this point now to sign the, the agreement on the land? I mean, you've been at it for how many years? Um, well, the dream has been out there for a long, long time. But we've been active probably in the last five years is where we – five years ago is when we really started looking at what communities we want to work with. And we, we talked to a lot of the local ones. And uh, nothing against Green Bay, but Green Bay is landlocked. Ashwaubenon is landlocked. You're not going to find farmland. In, in those areas. And if you're talking that kind of acreage or our kind of budget, there's no way we could afford to buy land in, in those, those areas, even though in some ways it'd be nice. But so we, we were looking at the rural communities, the Bellevues, the, the uh, ledge views, the, you know, and Lawrence and Lawrence just had the, this vision of having some youth sports all come together. And uh, those other groups, you know, uh, you know, have come in, around that same time or a little bit after and it's just um, kind of come together and they they were willing to buy that land so the the, the the town actually owns the land and they're selling it to us whereas if we had to buy that land when they did one we didn't have the money and nothing's gone down in price over the last five years so we we would have had to you know have raised even more money than we have now and put more of it towards the land so they've been again very very good to work with and but they're looking at it as the development. If they can get that many kids coming into an area for all these different sports and um, the, the, you know, hopefully getting 
you know, some overrun, you know, if our parking lot's not being used, let, let the soccer community use it when there's a big event going on or the, the baseball and vice versa. Um, and, uh, but it, it is, it's not easy uh, fundraising and, you know, so cast that net wide, get lots of people on that board that want to help. Um, and, and know that it's going to take a lot of no's to get a few yeses. Yeah, no. Um, that's kind of what my thought is too, is just to get started. And, uh, cause we've seen, we've been in like Rantoul down by Champaign. We've seen some where you put a field, whether it's football, rugby, lacrosse, that exit goes in, that hotel goes up, that restaurant comes in, Yep. the hotel, you know, and all of a sudden the community and I, and I, and I, I think Lawrence got, has that vision of growth where some communities just lock down. They're like, that's not going to help us. And you're like, we'll give it time. Everything and, happens, and, and, and our development on its own wouldn't have helped them probably that as much because it, it, it's still a niche, niche sport. But you know, you're talking, you know, much many many more fields and soccer definitely more. And you know, so but then with us being able to come in and be a, an additional puzzle piece to those other developments, it, it all works in the town's favor. And and I think long term, it's going to you know. Uh, when you start having multiple, you know, baseball and soccer, and my my biggest concern is those weekends that we're all doing something. It, it'll be interesting down there. Yeah, right. And then yeah, then all of a sudden everybody gets mad, and but yeah. that's what it's for. It's for yeah. excitement like that. Um, can, hey, can you see? I can. See, Jeremy's frozen on my screen. Is he? Can you see him? Yeah, he's still. Is he muted? Is he muted? Tell I don't me know if he's muted. He's smiling. Is he? All right, because we're pushing um, about an hour and ten, and that's trying to what we keep it. But, man, I appreciate you coming on. It's been fantastic. We haven't talked like this in forever, and uh, I just the rugby's been near and dear to me, and I'm glad we can share it with uh, with our people. And, and hopefully, now, what to all the best listeners and their children, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you to play rugby? Um email matt at green bay uh youth rugby all spelled out or just uh, you know green bay youth rugby uh dot org uh, uh link link to that and and do, do a uh, uh google search to find us on uh on facebook i mean uh we're not that hard to find if if you're looking maybe people aren't looking but if you look for us you can find us and we'll throw it out on the on our facebook page too because it is uh I am a soccer dad now. I'll be dead honest, but rugby is fantastic. Uh, youth, boys, girls, flag, start out. Um, some of my best friends are from the sport. Uh, guys that I remember uh, and still growing up and still to this day, like you said, having a beer, pretending to sing songs so we don't go to jail. Well, and, and just so you know, some of the guys you coached are still involved. So uh, remember Brian Tilke? I do. Yes. Yeah, he, He's still playing for the men's team and, uh, uh, in fact, he, he might be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, moving some of the dirt. He's a heavy equipment operator, and he, he's talking about being able to move some of the dirt for us. So, um, it, you know, That's the, awesome. The, the seeds you helped plant back in the, the late 90s, they're still out there. Hey, one quick question, then we'll let you go. We had practice over Bayport practice um, early spring. You weren't there. We did it uh, chambers, behind chambers. Yeah. And – a kid shows up and he and I'm like, hey, you got to sign the waiver. And he's like, I don't have the waiver. And I'm like, yeah, let's just play it, right? When he broke his wrist, 
I thought we were going to lose the whole program that day, but evidently his dad was pretty nice. Yeah, uh, and, and I thought I, – actually, I think I was there, and, but I thought it was a collarbone. And we said, you can run along with us, but you can't participate in any tackle. And, and he tripped and fell and either broke his collarbone or broke his wrist, and, yet, and I was with you. I'm going – you know, that's why we sign off on the stuff. But I, I agree with you. I mean, as long as he doesn't do the, the tackle stuff. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that it, it didn't hurt us. And the, the dad laughed. And, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Thank God that you was back know. in the early 2000s because we'd both be in jail today with that one, too. <sighs> yeah. And, again, I mean, unfortunately – you know, for most of the parents, that would still be the case. But some parents, well, what do you mean you let your, my kid play rugby? I didn't say it was okay. I still remember kids sneaking out of, uh, from other teams, sneaking out of their, you know, very, they were soccer. In fact, I'll, I'll call him up by name because he runs the damn sports emporium. Uh, I think it was Derek Rhodes. Uh, it was either Derek or his brother. They both played big soccer guys, still big soccer guys, but they both played for De Pere, And they were sneaking up because their dad didn't want them to play. And, and I was very hopeful that they wouldn't get out of the house because the the, the one time we didn't go to state that I said it was a bad beat because that kid beat uh, beat us on a last play of the game kick and won the game only because he snuck out of the damn house and you know uh, disobeyed his parents and it really irritates me to this day um, because that's, that's funny because Drew Rhodes is my daughter's <laughs> coach now me and Jeremy's daughter's coach <laughs> so yeah I, I figured which which one of them it was but it was a Rhodes. And, and they, 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 they were rugby fans and they enjoyed playing, but they were still soccer first. And, but I don't think their dad, who I, I believe was a big uh, soccer guy too, probably a coach, was a huge fan of them playing because uh, I think he was afraid oh, they were going to get hurt. And, but, yeah, bring it up because I forget which one it was, but one of them definitely uh, kicked the game-winning kick in the last seconds of the, the match that kept us from going to state. Oh, I will bring it up because Dusty's a part of our club, Andrew, and then Derek, like you said, runs the sports support. So yeah. very soccer oriented. So that's good. I can have some fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's good. only been 30 years and I'm still bitter, but hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, Skinny, it doesn't sound it, buddy. You sound great. You sound extremely <laughs> happy. <laughs> well, well good. thanks well, for having me on. Uh, and if you ever want to talk rugby, I can do it. And uh, Jeremy, if you ever need some dirt on uh i like it. i can probably come up with that too <laughs> you still I'm drinking sure uh, colorado bulldogs toby because you introduced me no. to those i haven't had one in 30 years whenever you left what was it it was bailey's kalua vodka and coke yeah oh they were delicious white russian with uh, coke yeah still great still great by the pine class right yeah. exactly <laughs> I forgot about those. I might have to make one tonight. 